For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Panther Nation, the C3 Podcast, brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. I had fun, man, just out, you know, you guys joking, you know, we working at the same time, you know, putting the work in as a team. Like I said, I'm just glad to be with the guys, you know. My favorite night of the week. We're going to go out there, and we're playing to win. We're not out here just to just show up. We're out here to win. I don't want guys that want because really, who doesn't? Nobody wants to win. Everybody wants to win. I want players to hate well, This embodies everything that we are as a team, as an organization. You know, our motto is keep counting. That's what we do. You know what I'm saying? What is up, Panther fans? It's your boy, the professor. And I don't think you can hear. Can you hear my mics? I don't think you can. Maybe you can. Maybe you can't. Let me see. Nope. Hold on here. I know there's a problem. And I'm going to find it. All right. Tony Dunn here. C3 Panthers podcast. If anybody could give me a thumbs up that you can hear my microphone right now, it would be amazing. Amazing. Because we've had to switch platforms at the last moment back reverting to old school. And uh, speaking about old school, Cody Lasney's old school C3 Panthers podcaster by this point. I mean, hey, man, I'm an OG. I'm coming up on my, on my one-year reunion on C3, baby. We're about to throw a party. Hope Springs eternal draft time is upon us. The Hornets are trying to make it to the playoffs with three minutes left, and it's Tuesday night, and I don't love anything more than talking about the Panthers on Tuesday night. With all my peeps in the chat room and my man Tony Dunn, I'm ready to roll, man. Let's do it. It's episode 19.11, I believe. Tonight's show's titled, Waiting for the Draft is Boring as AAF. <laughs> and um, the I am sad. I'm in mourning this week because the AAF is dead. It didn't even make it through a full season. It was derailed by Tom Dundon, owner of the Carolina Hurricanes, or at least there is some bitter infighting between Bill Polian and him. It seems that he swooped in, was the savior for a moment, but had ill intentions. And this just reminded me that waiting for the NFL is boring as fuck. Sorry for the language, folks. We need our football. We need our football, and the draft is approaching. We're going to be talking tonight uh, the raid the Panthers made on AAF signings this week to round and pad out that roster. We're going to be previewing Andre Dillard and better get to know a Panthers potential Panthers draft pick. And uh, we're going to be talking a little schedule here. Cody, uh, each and every week we're here at Tuesday night. You know those YouTubers, they sm- they get crazy 
in the chat. It was lit before we even got started. Tell them what they need to do. Turn their phones to portrait and... Smash the like button. What are you doing? It gets us to more people on YouTube. Spread the C3 love we have, man. All of our diehards are in the chat. Susan Deans, Tim Tizzy, Underground West, Carlton Cohen, the C3 fam. You know, even though there's not a lot to talk about when you have these awesome people in the chat, there's always good times to be had, man. Always. All right. So uh, we're on you. We're on YouTube. Well, usually we're on Facebook and Periscope tonight. We're just going to our bread and butter YouTube. Hopefully, Shindig will be back next week. If you're listening on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast, man, we appreciate it. Make sure you subscribe. Share the link with a friend. Let us know you're listening to the show. Uh, send us a message. Send us a message on Twitter at cat underscore chronicles. And uh, hey, t- Susan, she said, I still don't know how to turn my phone to portrait mode. Turn it the long <laughs> way. Here, I'll show you. Landscape. I'm sorry. This is not me being a jerk either, by the way. Landscape, <laughs> portrait, landscape, portrait. They don't give you the thumbs up button when you're in landscape. Is that, I mean, that's the case for me on the Google. I don't, use, I don't use YouTube on my phone a lot. I'm okay. mainly on my, on my desktop. I'm more Twitter on the phone, I which you. I need to, I need to erase. It's, taking up too much of my life it can um you know for someone like me who i i finally i you know the doctor gave me medicine for this crap is he told me yeah yeah pretty much medicine for twitter medicine for twitter he said uh so i was telling him i was like dude I, i i thought i had anxiety problems i was like going crazy over over this mess and uh not like that bad, but I was like, dude, I'm stressed out as all get out. This is several years ago. And he was like, man, you don't really seem like stressed out dude to me as much as, and he, he started asking me a couple questions and he said, do you ever turn around and go back home uh, to check to see if you left the coffee pot, coffee pot on? Right. And I was like, yeah. Like, and he was like, really? I was like, yeah. I was like, like twice a week, brother. <laughs> I'm worried as shit about that all the time. Like I can't burn down. And he said, "Oh man!" And so he asked me a couple of questions. He said, "You're not. You don't. You got anxiety. Your problem is you're obsessive compulsive." And I was like, "What?" I was like, "Dude, look at my damn desk at work. I am not obsessive compulsive. If you look at my crazy ass desk, that is always like a shit storm of papers and books and all of this." He said, "Well, See, you're you ju- don't, you don't really need a doctor, man. You just need someone like me to tell you." You just have a lot going on, man. Yeah. That's all it is. There's only so much free space in the brain for you to manage everything going on. You know what he told me, though, is he said, you're not the compulsive part. You're just the obsessive part. Like, like you can't stop thinking about it. And I'm like, yes. And that's why I like Twitter so much. You know what I do is I refresh Twitter like 800 times in a minute. Same here. Like, hey, you got something to say back? You want to say something back? You want to go? You want to go? I get mad when I when I see old shit that I've seen before. Come on, refresh. I know I have a million different new tweets, and you're showing me this old shit. Come on. Yeah. No. I'm like, I better have 72 likes on this tweet. You better. Yeah. What do you guys say? You want to fight? You want to fight over Cam Newton? You want to fight? 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 That's how I feel. Um, And by the way, I've got some Cam Newton people I've been fighting with. Some stupid asses. 
and I'm not even going to bring him up on the show. Cam Newton, I'm going to tell you this for all you jerks up there who like to say, hey, Cam Newton's the problem. He's all about himself. Boy, when we don't have Cam Newton, you're going to be crying. The day that we have, we don't have Cam Newton, unless by God somehow we replace him with the best quarterback in the history of football, you're going to be some sad bitches. You're going to oh, be yeah. some sad mofugs. Which, by the way, uh, a shameless plug into our better know potential Panthers draft pick later. We're choosing to cherish him while we have him by investing in some protection. And uh, I'll bury the lead a little bit for later. I think the guy that we're previewing tonight, if I'm a betting man right now, I'm saying this guy is probably who the Panthers are going to take at number 16. Based off of reports I've seen from the Panthers and people that follow the visits and everything, pay attention to who we have later because it's an important one. All right, so uh, I think that we should start the show off by talking about the schedule. The Panthers, not the schedule, the preseason schedule, which is crap. I saw something like is that I saw some teasers like this had to do with the schedule, but it really doesn't. the The NFL has tried to tease us. They've teased us with announcing four games where we knew two of them already. So they told us two games that we didn't know. We knew that we always know we're playing Pittsburgh in Week Four. It always feels like we play the Patriots in Week Three. Yeah, and uh, this year we're going to be starting off at Chicago, and then actually playing ourselves at home. The Buffalo Panthers keep rumbling. Keep rumbling. <laughs> yeah. Keep rumbling. So the, the preseason even, schedule even the is out. Even the Bills, the last I feel that we played them the last what three or four years. I feel run. yeah yeah. When I looked at this schedule, I felt like what? Wait a minute. I've seen remember, this before. Remember Cam Newton damn near got into a fight with Kelvin Benjamin last year. That's right. The, That's yeah. Right. Well, he actually schooled him. Oh. Kelvin Benjamin, what do you think he's doing right now? Sitting on his ass up praying someone pays him a dollar two ninety eight to come haul his fat ass upfield and drop passes. You know, Kelvin Benjamin wishes he played offensive line because Matt Khalil's raking in the damn dough. And fat-ass yeah. Kelvin Benjamin, who's just <laughs> as sorry. You know, two sorry asses, one uh, making a bunch of money, and the other one is like, damn it. Why couldn't I be that? He tried to become an offensive lineman. Nah, that's the joke. Everybody said he... Profession- uh, a professional You leader. know, is that I think that it turns out that Kelvin Benjamin was soft. That's what I think. Well, I think he's soft, is, like a pillow. Is when you blame other people for your lack of success, it says more about you than it does the players that you're playing with. You know, don't don't blame other people. You know, Cam Newton was the the quarterback that made Greg Olson the first tight end in history with three seasons back to back to back of a thousand receiving yards. All right, you don't do that if you're a bad passer. So, hey, man. All right, so what else about the schedule? Look, is that we know that when the preseason comes around, that week three, 
is the week that you play the most generally of your yeah. your starters. You what we generally see is this is that the uh, a team will play its starters through the first half guaranteed. Last year they played them a little bit longer than we expected through the third quarter. I think at some point. But, you know, usually these games 1, game 1 and 4 specifically are kind of are, are really tryouts for the third and fourth stringers. Week 2, I feel like is a a tryout for the guys that are on the second string and but the line between second and third. You know, I think Cody, when when it comes to the preseason, the question continues to be do first of all, is it necessary to have four preseason games when you don't pr- play your starters and you know most of them? Well, this is what's interesting because the CBA is coming up in around 2 years and I'm hearing that the NFL might push for two more games during the season, but as a, uh, you know, uh, uh, on the side, uh, you scratch my back, I scratch yours. A concession. Yeah, a concession. They're going to eliminate two preseason games, which I don't really, I don't mind that at all. I mean, how disappointing is it when you have a player that goes down before the season starts in preseason? And I mean, that can happen to anyone, but, yeah, I mean, I feel that four is probably too many. You know, do a, a tryout, then a dress rehearsal, and let's play football. That's that's what I think. Well, I tell you this, though, is that what would be disingenuous of the NFL is to say because we're extending the season two games, we're going to cut two games off the preseason. Like, your starters don't play in the preseason. Yeah, for the most part. You would just be adding a ton of reps to guys yeah. where the season's already long. I think another thing, too, to think about here is, um, for me, is maybe what the idea is to just insert another buy into the season. You know, why don't we just trim off uh, a, a preseason game, maybe trim it to three, and my buddy Clip Brock from Private Radio, he's always said this, is that another buy, if you really are interested on in player safety and, and, and their health and not overworking them, is you put another buy into the season. And what you what you then do is, first of all, you get, you get rid of that week where there's like 12 games at 1 o'clock. And you're like, oh my god! You know, you know, you'll check your fantasy yeah. lineup, and like everybody has played in the whole league. I think it would give you some ability to probably help the Thursday night. We we know that the Thursday night game has been problematic for teams. Look at the Panthers. Panthers play the uh, the Steelers Thursday night in the beginning of the end. Yeah. I mean that was the ge- that was the game that began the end of our season. You know the Panthers are six and two, maybe at that point or five and one or whatever it was. Six and two, and that was when the the tires came crashing off. My man Black, who is my man? I hate that dude. Whoever he is, his brother is better, and uh, and JJ Watts, other person. 
TJ. Oh yeah, yeah, TJ. TJ, TJ. Cam Newton in the shoulder. Blast Cam Newton's shoulder. It starts the end. Everything went bad that game. I don't think there was a single bright spot. I mean, we had a fumble recovery for a touchdown. They did, or or something. Pick six, like off the bat. It was terrible. But everybody said this: the Panthers were terrible in that game because short rest. You know what I'm saying? Is that they're coming off a short week and bad rehab, bad time when it comes to game planning, travel time. If you throw in an extra buy, maybe. I don't know how the the schematics would work, but I think you could make the Thursday game feasible. And we also got to start thinking about what happens if you expand to London one day. The hardest part of expanding outside the United States, particularly across the pond, is going to be scheduling. Do you mean if you added a team in London? I don't know how they would ever do that. The, apparently they're going they to do it. Team. They're going how? to do it. How are it? they going to do that? How are they going to have a team fly to London every other Sunday? I mean, that's... Dude, the jet lag... They're not. They're going to have this... They're going to have to do this is they're going to have to put the London team will always have a two or three game road stretch. Right. It's like when they come here, they come here and they play here. Like they don't come and play a game and then go back home. They're going to have to hook them up with a bye after that so they can get home. And then they're going to play a three or four game home stretch. Right, but then every team that goes to London to play them is going to be at a disadvantage because the London team, they've been at home practicing in their own facilities and everything. They're going to have to use. Team. They're going to have to use buys to help that. But how many buys are, are you going to? I don't know. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying like is that a, a, a team a team would always be coming off a buy and playing in London. So any team that was so you have say you had three games in a row in London at Wembley. So say that was the Panthers. They played the Panthers, the uh, Redskins, and the Vikings. And say week six, seven, and eight, the Panthers would have to have a week five by and go to London. And then yeah. they would probably need to play a Monday night game the next week. But you see how much that is? It just seems like, man, that would be so much to to put into the schedule and have to make sure every team has a bye beforehand. I don't know, man. It's it's definitely a it's, lot. That, is the, that is the monkey wrench in extending a a actual franchise to London is the scheduling difficulties. And then what kind of division do you put them in? Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. You have to add two teams. Well, you got to do like they did to the Panthers. You know, when the Panthers came into the league, they were in the NFC West. Yeah. So that's what I say is that if we bring a team in in London, we got to put them in the NFC West just to be jerks about it. So the they got to so they got to play Seattle, Arizona, yeah. San Francisco. Ah, ha, ha, jerks. No. I'm not mad at it. Okay. I'm not mad. All right. 
right, so that is uh, any other thoughts on the preseason schedule? Oh, I I got another thing, to, another <clears throat> gripe. Grind my right. gears about the preseason. Oh Lord! All right, is the jerks they charge money to the t- to the season ticket holders for these joke ass games? <laughs> They should be a discount at the very least. They should be optional, I think, to season ticket holders. And if anything, I think you should just make them all public offerings, like five bucks, make it like FanFest. Because it's all a joke anyway. I don't like the idea that you're charging face value for a preseason. Like, how is week seven and week one of the pre uh, week seven of the regular season and week one of the preseason equal? No, it isn't. It's just another way to make more money. Um, yeah, personally, I don't know. I mean, if you have no other opportunities to see the Panthers, then I understand spending the money to to go and see it, but. Um, uh, yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. I, I do have a have a question for you though. You know, the the Patriots and the Steelers are kind of seen as blue blood franchises, these upper echelon teams in the NFL. Do you think that says a lot about us as an organization that they basically want to play Carolina every preseason? You know, does that say anything about who the Panthers are? as a franchise i was thinking about that i don't know i think one is this is two of them are afc teams that's what i think first of all east coast afc teams yeah two of the best yeah i i and some people have pointed to the relationship between former owner jerry richardson and the steelers that relationship is continued with david tepper Seems like we always play the Steelers in week four. Yeah. I don't know why that is. Is it like, and I would be interested to see how do they determine these things? You know, what is the determinant? If we always, I I do think there is some value of not playing the NFC in the preseason. Like you don't get any extra looks at your real competition. I almost think that, in fact, do we play only AFC? Who is it? Uh, Chicago. We only play one NFC team. I think you should almost play only teams from the other conference. But does it really even matter that much, though? I mean, mean, we might not play. uh, Well, I I think that we do play the Bears. No, Bears were in the, the, the... uh, one spot. We might not so, play them, but they are. I mean, the potential is there in the playoffs. Down, not that that really matters. Yeah, you're right. Does it matter? Yeah, I mean, there are some teams in the NFC that that we might never play. I mean, if they're not on the schedule, you know, by the time you reach the playoffs, then you know, the roster might be 100 percent and not 100 percent, but different players on IR, a whole bunch of different different factors. So I don't know that it matters too much. I just found it interesting that these well-established franchises prefer to play the Panthers every offseason. I mean, we've done it with Pittsburgh now. We've done it with uh, the Steelers. 
maybe I'm reading too much into it. I don't know. It's just kind of prestigious almost. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. Is that, uh, you know, it's a good company to keep, number one. I think this is that we got to minimize. I think I'm more interested in minimizing the preseason. If I was going to make some changes to the NFL, what we saw is this is at the least trim the preseason down to three games. Here are my suggestions. Trim the season down, the preseason down one game minimum, maybe two. Add an extra buy. And I think we need to expand rosters. And what I mean by that, and and I mean it's really self-explanatory, is that teams need to be able to carry more than 53 guys. I say you carry 63 guys. Something like this is because injury creates such a problem for teams. So why don't you just have a little bit larger of a team where you could maybe have more rotation naturally involved and you don't have to have this weird where, you know, you cut a lot of good players when you get down to the end of training camp and you got to go from 75 or 90 yeah. to 53. I think now they just go straight from 90 to 53. You know, there's some guys there between 53 and 60 that could really can contribute to some teams. And that would be very helpful and maybe wouldn't force you to play players when they're hurt a little bit as much. So I think that and, that would help just a little bit is expand the roster by 10 spots. Well, also, you know, remember it is still a business. And if you're adding 10 extra players on top of I, uh, your um, the IR or whatever, I forget what it's called at the moment, but your extra, you know, your practice squad, you know, that's another 10 players you're paying the league minimum of two hundred thousand dollars, but they can the only is, be you know? on a practice squad for so long. They have to have not played so many games. You know, there's a lot of stipulations there too. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot. I mean, I don't know. It was, you know, I, I do think that the preseason in the next few years uh, will probably be very different. I'm telling you, man, that CBA coming up in two years has the potential to change a lot of things in the NFL with the the way a lot of things are done. So um, it'll definitely be something interesting to keep track of for sure. So Lynn says, absolutely agree with those recommendations, Tony. Thank you, Lynn. I love when people agree with me. And Tin Tizzy says, wait, Tin Tizzy says, Tony, we're on to something here. And Susan Dean, who I know is Susan Dean's is, is triple ticket holder. She owns three season tickets, and I know she's going to be kind enough to take me to a game this year. Guilt, 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 guilt. Nah, she's off, she's offered it to me, and I, I and I hate to take advantage of it, but I will. No, um, she says I think the pre- the preseason should be free. Personally. What I would say is this, is that even if it isn't free, I don't think it should be obligatory, obligatory, obligatory for season ticket holders to to pay for it. Just because you're a season ticket holder doesn't mean you want to go see trash football. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, come on your side, man. You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. Tuesday nights, we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions. We appreciate all your support. Continue to support us by being a participant in the show. 
uh, by participating in the chat room, calling into the cat calls line. The number is 252-228-5098. We'll play your calls later this evening. I only got one call tonight so far, so I told you that uh, it is boring as AAF waiting for the NFL draft. Let's talk about this. Is the Panthers made some signings this week. In fact, speaking of the AAF, the Panthers have raided, as some people have described it. Uh, in fact, it's so far down on the list now. The Panthers have, they signed this guy right here. I just put him up on the, the image. You can't see it, Cody, but the rest of everybody can. We signed Kit O'Brien, guard. We signed Parker Collins. So Kit O'Brien, let me hear. This is just the story from Panthers.com. Center Parker Collins and guard Kit O'Brien signed one-year contracts with the Carolina Panthers three days after the AAF suspended operations near the end of its first season. Collins is an Appalachian State product, and I believe the Kit O'Brien says spent parts of 2015 and 2016 on the Colts practice squad. And he was a starter for Ball State. We also got some other dudes. I think we've gotten five. And uh, another one is Rashid. Well, what's his name? Rashad. Should know it. He was an awesome player when it came to. Yeah, Rashad Ross. Oh, Rashad Ross, who played yeah. a little time when, when it comes to. Uh, he played with the Washington Redskins. So here. The pan the AAF has folded. Less than one season in, we were all stoked about it. Not you, but I was. We made a huge deal about this in the damn season. They couldn't even make it through a damn one season. But a lot of guys are there. You know, there is some raiding of these AAF players. Rashad Ross, Kit O'Brien. Just to name a couple of people. And then I got another one. And his name was, and I should have, I thought I got the image up. But Destiny Veo. And then one other I saw today. This is my favorite. I got to put it up. Let me see. You go ahead. How about this? You tell me what you think about these signs so far. And I'll pull this image up because it deserves to be put up. Well, first off, uh, and, and, you know, everyone be honest. Did anyone really love the AAF? Like, did anyone feel yes, this is about to be the next? Me. The, I, I never felt it, man. I don't it know, was maybe. a developmental league. And I, I know it was, but dude, I always found myself forgetting when it would come on. And just when I was watching it, just kind of, I had the feeling of, nah, man, these are players that, couldn't make it in the NFL. I don't know. It just didn't. It didn't feel the same to me. So I never got into it that much. Um, but that said, um, you know, one of the things that you do after the draft is you sign undrafted free agents. And I wonder if this is an attempt to kind of mitigate that. Maybe if there are players that were interested in, but they have better offers somewhere else. They go somewhere else. Maybe this just assures that we have better depth at different positions, defensive line, offensive line. Um, 
I hope that none of these guys are ever starters. Oh, shush. Look, I mean, these, are, these are Andrew Norwells. These are Andrew oh, Norwells, right? Yes, they're oh, undrafted right. guys that went to either small schools, haven't gotten the playing time, or ultimately need reps. And I, this is why I think the AAF could have been a fantastic. And actually, I think this is the NFL should just start their own developmental league. And it should not be entirely about making revenue is that there are a lot of good players in the world or guys that are on the cusp of being pretty good that could be uh, NFL players, but they need more development. But some of these dudes have been bouncing around the NFL for like three or four years. Well, here's the thing, Cody, though, is that when you bounce around from the NFL for three or four years and you're an undrafted player... You really have zero chance to make it. I think about all the guys that we cheer for on the Panthers who are late round draft picks or undrafted free agents or these guys. They have like one chance to make a name for themselves. And if they're lucky, so they'll get a couple of reps in practice, one bad play, and it's like, oh, he can't catch. One drop, done. Limited reps. Then say they're lucky enough to get into a real game. If is they don't have enough time to show player to show a team because I promise you this, Cody, is that we're gonna put ninety guys on a roster. We're gonna cut it down to fifty three, and we really are at sixty four guys that we know could be on this team. 25 of them they're already they're not even they don't care about it doesn't matter what they do in practice it doesn't matter what they do in training camp they're not going to be able to supersede a draft pick my belief is this is that there are guys is that they just and if you go to a, a training camp cody this is what they do their practice is the most ridiculous thing it's not practice they run a play once, and they're like, you guys got it? Okay, next play. It is not like what we think about practice where you do something over and over. But and you go. kind of my point, though. That out of the five dudes that we signed, how many of, how many of them do you think make the 53-man roster? None. Uh, two, one. One. Maybe one of them. Well, that's fine. Maybe that's one fine. of them. But you shouldn't yeah, say that you hope. Well, I'm not saying I hope. I'm saying the chances of any of these dudes being someone that comes in and helps us compete during the season is effectively nil. It's like none. It's warm bodies. They're, they're meant to be depth on the practice squad. I mean, it's, you know, it's due diligence, man. G- what about this guy, TJ Barnes? Defensive tackle, they sign. He's automatically become a fan favorite because of this, his first post as a Carolina Panthers fan is this. <laughs> I, I am better than him. Had to leave my mind so I could focus me. God sat me for a year and a half until I became grateful. I wear my Stanley Steamer gear 
as a reminder of where I was and how hard I'll work to get back to where I want to be. My man signed his one-year contract wearing his Stanley Stanley Steamer shirt. Uh, Thank you, Panthers. He's automatically a fan favorite. I'm rooting for TJ Barnes to make this team. This is this is the Kurt Warner bagging groceries to go on to the Hall of Fame story right here. <laughs> hey man, we gotta steam clean them fools on the field. That's baby. right. He steam Yo, clean steam those clean. centers. Yeah, baby. Hey man, look, I'm pulling for him. I'm not an old curmudgeon. I promise, Lynn. I'm not a I'm not an old man. I'm pulling for him. I'm I'm just being a realist. None of these dudes are probably gonna make the fifty-three man roster. And there's probably a reason for that. There's a reason why they bump around. The NFL is a tough business, man. Only the best of the best play. And the fact that they were signed means they have some talent. But, hey, maybe I'm a Scrooge McDuck. All right. So two things stand out to me, though, Cody, about these these AAF signings. And that is number one. I think that somebody said there's been six of them in the chat room. I also saw earlier in the chat room someone mentioned that there was a tight end involved. I didn't see I haven't seen those. Yeah, Duarte. Okay, so uh, tight end. Oh yeah, Thomas oh, I just saw it now as I pick up this. Um but guess where like sixty to seventy percent of these or eighty percent of these signings were? More. bodies on the offensive and defensive line. A lot of offensive linemen. And that is what we are doing is we are trying to build a stable. Yep. These are buttresses in the wall that we are building around Cam Newton. Yeah, man. Trenches, tren- trenches is where you win the football game. And it does um, hearten me a little bit that Marty Herney and the front office does know that that's where we need to continue to build up these players. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy for that. Um, I'm happy that um, they're still trying to improve the roster, even at a time like this. Um, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm pulling for them. The only player I know is the Rashad Ross, or what, what's his name? Uh, yeah, Rashad Ross. I've seen some plays that he made with the in the AAF, and hey man, he's he's not a bad player. I mean, in, in my mind, this is another Kenyon Barner, you know, well, for here, a few snaps during the season. All right, so this is how I was feeling too. Is that first uh, I watched, I tried, I jumped on the AAF. I was excited about it because I manufactured my excitement. I wanted to be into it. Now they ripped my heart out, but I watched Rashad Ross and he was great. He was uh, a step ahead of the whole league at that point. Yeah. But here's the thing is he's another six foot receiver that kind of duplicates the talent of a DJ Moore, of a Curtis Samuel in some ways that I was thinking, maybe even a Jarris Wright as well. And so when I saw that we signed this guy, I said, hey, uh, I think he could be a good player. I think he could go into the NFL and be productive. But I don't know if that's exactly what we needed. And then 
Someone on Twitter, which I wish I could have, I should have noted their name. They deserved it. And I would point out too, I think it may have been a female too. And, and not that, that I'm calling out females in a bad way. I think that uh, a lot of females should get a lot more credit for how sports savvy they are. Right. Is that some of the smartest sports people I know are women. And, uh, and, and the point that they said was this is, Hey, we could use a return guy. It's funny to hear a female talk about return guys. <laughs> but if you think about it, and as I was like, and it, and it just, and I was like, how did I not think about that? Is that right now we have not signed Demir Bird back? Is that it doesn't look like we will be? Is Demir Bird is done right now? He's been, you know, he might be my guy, but he's been hurt a lot. We don't have a Kenyon Barner. We don't need to put DJ Moore or Curtis Samuel back there. It's just stupid to do that. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't want Samuel back there. I don't want McCaffrey back there. Uh, the punishment that, that you take uh, <laughs> returning a, uh, a punt or a kickoff, yeah, it's it's brutal, man. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm 100 with you on that one. Tan Tizzy says back. Bird is in Arizona. No, yeah, no. I mean, yeah, I love. Gone, I didn't even Listen, know this. I don't know. Man. I don't, I don't yeah. know. I ever, I'm gonna cry myself to sleep. He was hurt all the time, man. If you're not hurt, you're not. You ain't doing shit for us. Oh, shit, man. I tell you this. I was at the game where he had two damn touchdowns, a kick return, a butt touchdown. Baby Bird. I almost got kicked out of that game for flapping on some Green Bay. It was against Green Bay. (laughs) My man's been on the C3 podcast twice. How can you not love Baby Bird? I hear you, man. This is like it. Lynn step. says slow on the news there, Tony. I, when did this, when did anybody, yeah, this when did this happen? Now. Really? Yeah, it's been a while. I am embarrassed. I'm embarrassed. The birds done floor Southwest. That's what Josh. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it's true though. I mean, Hey man, he'll never be healthy. And I, I hate that for him. He has a ton of talent. He's uh, thin. Tell, he's got little bones. Him. He's got little bird bones. Yeah, and I oh, remember him when he bones. played at South Carolina. Even when he played at South Carolina, he was hurt all the time. If you're hurt in college, you're hurt in the NFL. That's my that's my mantra of uh, player health. You know, so I wish him the best, but I don't see what he'll do uh, too much more. All right, you're listening to C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinion from the fan perspective. Go ahead and subscribe, share the show. Be a part of it by calling in the Cat Calls line, 252-228-5098. All right, Cody, let's do this. Let's jump to better get to know a potential Panthers draft pick. I'm about to hit play on the video. You can't see it. But you know, here it goes. One, two, three. Who's our guy? Tonight we're talking about Andre Dillard. And to everyone in the chat room, I genuinely believe that right now, if Andre Dillard is available over everyone else, he will be the pick for the Panthers. And as the NFL is moving towards an era of throwing the football, quarterbacks throwing for 
300 yards of football game, you need an NFL offensive line that pass protects. Andre Dillard represents this. He is by far the best pass protecting left tackle in the draft this year. He anchors well. And let me tell you, I do not remember in my short years of looking at prospects, I cannot remember a player this fast and athletic playing left tackle. And imagine a, a, a left tackle who can move around the edge, keep his quarterback clean from the left side, and put people in the dirt like that. Andre Dillard is a beast. He wasn't asked to run block a whole lot up in West Virginia, but someone that fast and athletic, I, I'm not I'm not worried about them. They're gonna be able to pull and do everything that they need to be able to do on the next level. He has a powerful anchor. The bull rush doesn't push him off the line. He's an all-around left tackle. He does everything that you want, and he would instantly have the most potential out of any left tackle that Cam Newton has ever played with, ever. And I know Jordan Gross was awesome, but Andre Dillard is a man amongst boys. Um, I don't know what else to say about him. I, the Panthers uh, have shown a lot of interest in him. Uh, the general manager, Marty Herney, has been up there. We've shown a lot of interest in him. Uh, he's been one of our 30 visits. So we've had him down here. He's met with the offensive staff. The Panthers love him. And as of right now, I, I, I genuinely feel that even if a few other players are on the board, Andre Dillard will probably end up being the player that the Panthers draft at 16. Now, this might change, but if I'm a betting man right now, I'm putting my money on Andre Dillard. Right now, uh, the chat room believes that Andre Dillard will be a goner before the 16th. I don't think so. I disagree. I don't think so. Uh, All right. Tell us why. Because they say he's long gone. There are so many defensive players that are going to go in the first round, and I'm telling you, a lot of these quarterbacks are going to be overdrafted. Drew Locke, not necessarily someone that I would spend a top 15 pick on, will probably be the second quarterback taken in the draft. People are going to trade up for pass rushers. People are going to overvalue people like, you know, Rashawn, Gary out of Michigan, um, who I do not have a first round grade on, but he's probably going to be drafted top ten. Uh, a, a lot of these what, players. Is, say, is that Gary? Yeah. Why? Uh, you, why I, tell me this: is why do you guys not like him? I like him. He didn't do anything. <laughs> it was the it, he was okay. it was, it was right, the well. best the, the the best player on on the defensive line and three and a half sacks. Uh, he doesn't have bend around the edge. He's not a real disruptive player. Um, I mean, you're, you're drafting a player for their athleticism and almost nothing else. He's I really, mean, I think this is that I think that he is a really good, uh, I think he's a good defensive end when it comes against the run. I think he sets the edge great. That's what I saw. 
that I liked a lot. Yeah, that's all. That I think could translate a lot to the NFL. I just think that could translate to a lot to the NFL is that we get a little too um, enamored by guys going full speed off the side. But we know is that you can negate a pass rush when it comes to the NFL by running at them. So that's the one thing I like about when I looked at Gary and I just looked at his highlights. All I did is so I don't know enough. Right. I'm not trying to say is that I just felt like, hey, this guy knew how to drop back and keep going into plays when they seemingly were over already. And I like that trait. Well, listen, let me say this, too. I see Lynn saying we might have to move up. Uh, Josh thinks that the the left tackles aren't going to be there. Uh, I'm also saying this knowing that Jonah Williams from Alabama, who we've previewed on this show, and the left, uh, the right tackle from Florida, Jawan Taylor, are probably rated higher than Andre Dillard. So they're probably uh, maybe in that 7 to 13 range. So when I say that Dillard might be there, I, I genuinely think that Dillard is probably the third left tackle or tackle prospect on the board. But that doesn't mean that Andre Dillard is bad or, or not comparable. Like I said, he is the best pass-protecting tackle in the draft. It's just the other two players are are more well-rounded, and they've done uh, uh, they've had better reps against better competition. But none of them have the athletic profile that Dillard do. Panthers, so Panthers, God, FSU twenty-three is on board with you, or at least in agreement. He says this: too many good defensive players for the left tackles to be gone before 16. Yeah, 100%. And I'm telling you, they're, they're going to fly, man. And the tight ends and the the, the linebackers. I mean, it, it, we're in a position to pick up a day one starter because a lot of the better players are, are going to fall down the board to us. Let me ask you this. is We're going to go over uh, Charlie Casserole his uh, mock draft and the reason I call him casserole is because this asshole hates Cam Newton he also is a former G and this is what I gotta say is this is that I've been trying to tell people if you listen to pirate radio and I know that Susan Deans does is that uh, I've always said on pirate radio the one of the things that I'm learning as I get older in life is that we trust people in leadership rules roles we trust that they're qualified or that they're that much better at us at, than us at whatever they do you know what i'm saying like a politician must know foreign policy better than us a gm must understand how these things it's just simply not true as i learn and learn and as i get older and older is that what I realize is that there's just as many incompetent people in leadership roles as there are in non-leadership roles. Charlie Casarelli, or as I call him, Charlie Casarole, is the same guy that trumpeted that the that the Panthers should take Blaine Gabbert, or as I like to call him, Glaine Babbert. <laughs> Over Cam Newton. He also said that the Duke quarterback is the most polished quarterback for the NFL, the most pro-ready. Anytime I hear a guy that says the most pro-ready, 
I don't know. Is I I continue to think about Mel Kiper when he said we had to pick. What was that guy that looked like the blonde? He was from Notre Dame. Uh, not too long ago, right before Cam. What was his name? Gosh. Oh, uh, the starts with a C. Yeah, starts with a C. I think. Clawson. That's right. All right. So I is because Charlie Casserole. John Fox didn't even know they were drafting. Right. Clawson, by the way. Because uh, Charlie Casserole is saying this, I automatically don't agree with it. But here, I'm going to read off his top picks all the way to 16. But he actually proposes the Panthers trade to eight. All right. Here they go. Number, number one, Kyler Murray. Number two, Nick Bosa to San Francisco. Number three, Josh Allen to the Jets, edge rusher. Number four, Rayshon Gary, edge rusher. So that puts us three defensive players in a row. Make it number f- uh, pick number five, Devin White, linebacker to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That's going to be some shit if they draft a linebacker in the top 10. I mean, it's the worst kept secret that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers love him. I mean, they're, they they're all need to him. just draft defensive linemen, though. I, I know. The time. But they're, they're all right. Uh, very with them. New York Giants, Quinnen Williams, defensive tackle. There is no way he falls that far dude he's the best player in the draft dude they're literally really comparing him to Aaron Do- he's the number one on my big board man they, i mean he would end up double teams so who's gonna Brett pick him who's gonna pick him san uh, francisco per- can't pick him can they didn't they just draft I, defensive tackles like for the last two years solomon of- thomas being one of them well, I, but okay, but no, there's no comparison. Solomon Thomas doesn't sniff the jock strap. Oh, no. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Solomon it Thomas is like a top five pick, dude. I, I could not care less. I could not care less. Wow. Bet the farm, bet the house, bet everything on Quentin Williams. He is a man amongst boys. He Where is my to school at? Alabama. Okay. He's the number one player on my board. He's a bigger... More athletic Aaron Donald, if I'm making a comparison right now. I mean, he eats up double teams for breakfast. The man is incredible. Aaron Donald is the best player in the NFL, by the way. Yeah, maybe so, man. I believe this. is He is like Luke Keekley, but at a position that can disrupt even more. And by the way, Adam Martin say, says Solomon Thomas is a bust. No, and I read that. I, I want to point this out. I don't dislike Solomon Thomas. I think San Francisco has been playing him in the wrong position. He's a three tech, and that's where you need to play him, and that's where they should have been. What is playing he playing him. now? Well, they had him at defensive end, and that's just not the position for him. Um, so, yeah, he I mean, has the potential to be a, a good player. But he ain't no Quentin Williams, brother. That's a promise. All right, hold on to that bus talk. I want to do something a little later in the show. We got, we're moving things along, but still, we got surprisingly, when we think we have nothing to talk about, we got a ton to talk about. All right, here it comes. Number eight, the Carolina Panthers trade up. Charlie Casseroli. Charlie Casserole says we get Montez Sweat at number eight. Would you be that upset? Yeah. No, he said, yeah, yeah, I would be upset. Why? 
Listen, but, uh, so uh, but it's going to cost a fucking fortune to move up. Yeah, so that's number one. Okay, why move up for a player that he might just be available at 16? How? How is he not a top 10 pick after he ran a wide receiver for you? Okay, that's my point. I'm going to come off snooty as hell here, coming across as the dude that watches film, but here we go. I'm going to tell you why. Most people see the combine, and they watch the highlights, and they see the athletic profile, and they go, oh, damn, Montez Sweat is the shit. Can't miss prospect. But when I look at the film, and by the way, I would love for us to take him if he's available at 16. But you don't trade up for a player that when he doesn't win on his initial bull rush or his initial stab, he has a tendency to hang up and and, and not know what to do afterwards. He doesn't have a backup plan. That's something that you have to develop. So if you're moving into the top 10 for that kind of a player, you got to move into the top five and get him down. I'm not not sure. I mean, listen, let me ask. I got a question for you. Is not Nick Bosa. Bosa, Well, first uh, of all, Nick Bosa's stat like uh, testing scores weren't that great, right? Yeah, but it doesn't matter, man. Okay, no, no. So you're saying that doesn't matter, but then when we say sweats make him matter so much, that is a paradox a little bit, right? Because we're like saying this is that Bosa is good because we look at his his tape, his film, his family, whatever the hell you are basing your thing on. But you didn't think this way about sweat before the combine. Right. And then all of a sudden that his. So what I'm saying is this, is that we are able to say that the measurables aren't the determinant for Bosa. But then when we move to sweat, we're like the measurables have to be the determinant, which is kind of a paradox. And I would add this to it. Why then is sweat a lower draft pick than Gary? Why is it a lower draft pick? Well, or a higher, thing. whatever the right terminology no, is. is this is that if we're so in love, why is Rashawn Gary listed higher than Sweat, even though you look at production, right? And Gary didn't have it, like you said. And then you look at the numbers. I feel like Sweat should be four to the Raiders then, if it's that much. But see, here's the deal, though. Right, let me let, let me put this in into context. I am a, a film over everything type of player. I don't care what you do at the combine if you check every box that I'm looking for on film. As a rookie at Ohio State, Nick Bosa had more pressures than Cleveland Farrell, Montez Sweat, and Josh and uh, Brian Burns this year. Then either of those players this year, Nick Bosa did that as a freshman. So even though Bosa, his athletic profile, you know, doesn't jump off the charts number-wise, I've seen the man whoop ass on a consistent basis. Now, Rashawn is a player that all these NFL coaches and GMs, they see this incredible mold, this dynamic, powerful young man, and they go, you know what? I I know that this staff 
can turn that man into the dominant player that is dormant from inside him. Why don't they say that about Sweat, though, more than him after they see that? Well, a lot of people do. And that's why you have seen some of the top 10, uh, the, the top 10 um, drafts from Montez Sweat. And he might very, very well. Have you seen going. any drafts where he goes before Gary, though? Oh uh, yeah, I've seen I've seen a few. Okay, people people are either in love with the idea of what Rashawn might be, or they're like, no, nah, the production wasn't there the entire time, and it was the best defensive lineman. What about uh, this? If we if you only had two choices, Gary or Sweat, what would you take? Sweat, all day. Okay, all day. And another thing that you aren't hearing about Rashawn is that's another player that they don't really know what he is. Is he a defensive tackle or is he a defensive end? Because he played a lot of both of them. So he does a little bit of all, but he's a master of none. So, yeah, I, I don't – I know if I draft Montez Sweat, he is a day one defensive end who is – he'll be rough around the edges. You have to polish him well, up. Well, he should be fast around the edges, really. Yeah. Hey, zing, zing. Uh, listen to this. Is Tim Tizzy said this, not me. 34 people watching and only 14 thumbs up. I see 39. Dang. Now we got 39 people watching. Here's the thing. Is Susan learned how to turn her phone to portrait mode. Why don't y'all jokers turn your phone to portrait mode and smash the thumbs up button? And why don't you draft? I want to ask this question to the chat room. If you had your choice between Sweat and Gary, who do you go? That's my question to the chat room. I'm interested in this because for me, this is, and I don't like Charlie Casserole. I told you this. Somehow the the Giants pick uh, Dwayne Haskins at 13. Ed Oliver, 14 to the Falcons. I would hate that. Oh, I would hate that too. And that's another conversation that we should have too. All right, tell me about it. Tell me what you think. Right now, and, uh, everybody's saying sweat. In the, every, what, one, two, three, right away. Everybody says sweat. Nobody cares about Gary. Yeah, and see, okay, now. Four, Adam Martin. Yeah, so you would. Gary Josh, because he wanted to be different. Everybody. Damn you, Josh. Um, all right, so listen, if, if you looked at Ed Oliver's production, you might say that I'm a hypocrite because he didn't have a lot of production either. So hypocrite. Say, oh, oh, so you sorry, might say, oh, Cody, you're not, you're not high on Sean Gary, and he didn't put up any stats, but yet you're so high on Ed Oliver, and he didn't do anything either. Yeah, because they were playing Rashawn, or, uh, Oliver out of position. They were playing him at nose tackle, okay? And he would still make it into the backfield. Okay, Ed Oliver, I mean, they were putting him on the center and a guard at the same time. He had a double team in his face all the time. If you put him at a three-tech in the NFL, man, Ed Oliver will ruin your day. That is a promise, man. Ed Oliver has one of the craziest athletic profiles I've ever seen from a defensive tackle. The man is insane. I'd love to have him too. That would be a player that if we drafted him, I, I'm not mad at that, man. At all. 
All right, all right. So, so far we have talked uh, how waiting for the draft is boring as AAF. We've talked the schedule. We talked about some new signings. We talked about Dillard, right? We've done Dillard. Andre Dillard, yeah. We've done that. now Casserole's uh, stupid draft, which I can promise you this. If you want to know what's not going to happen, look at Charlie Casserole's draft. Blaine Gabbert, folks. He said he wanted Blaine. He would take Blaine Gabbert nine out of ten times, or ten out of ten times over Cam Newton. You suck a big old, you know what, sir, for saying that. I was gonna say this is I'm trying to think. When I look at what Cam Newton means for this franchise, Cody. Is that I was, uh, we've heard some stories. Actually, let's turn the tide a little bit. Well, we're going to impromptu talk about Aaron Rodgers. All right. So some stories have come out that Aaron Rodgers is a jerk. Those stories have existed for a long time. Saying yeah. that he's a jerk, this and that. Um, he doesn't. He he places the blame on other players. He doesn't take it for himself. That type of things. And well, now there's been a story that was released. I think by Bleacher Report. And while I know we want to make fun of Bleacher Report, now they advertise. I like this. Bleacher Report advertises on ESPN. On ESPN, they're reading Bleacher Report ads on their top shows. So. Bleacher Report is an entity that we do have to talk about. So this guy writes this story and is talking about basically that Aaron Rodgers didn't think highly of Mike McCarthy and is a super jerk. And Mike McCarthy was checked out as a head coach. So you hear, you know, as we are Panther fans and we listen to this conversation, we automatically go... Jesus Christ. You guys talk all this shit about Cam Newton. And for years, you walk on water when it comes to guys like Karen Rogers or Tom Brady, and they're jerks. And Cam Newton isn't even a jerk, to be honest. You know what I'm saying? He's none of those things that these guys are. Ultimately, when you hear this news, where do you sit? For me, I'm sitting here going the hypocrisy. It's just it comes back to this. It's like I'm Cam Newton, ride or die, baby. Oh, listen, no, you and I don't have to prove how ride or die we are for number one. That's the damn truth. That is the damn truth. truth. I mean, hell, people on Twitter say that we don't know how to criticize Cam Newton. No, we don't. You're right. I know, but look. I don't give a shit. I'm a Cam Newton super fan, okay? That's, That's right. the only reason that I got back into football after not caring about football at all for like a stretch of my life, all right? Cam Newton is the reason I am in front of 40 people watching this show right now. Okay, I love Cam Newton. When it comes to Aaron Rodgers, I do have to be a little bit fair and say this. Aaron Rodgers has been a, a tremendous football talent. And I can only imagine, you know, when you're having to put the put the show on your back and make things work time after time, and you have this uh, coach 
that's over there calling plays that you've barely even practiced. I don't know, man. I don't I don't necessarily look at Aaron Rodgers as badly as I'd say uh, or as I do say Ben Roethlisberger after he does nothing but throw his teammates under the bus year after year after year after year. I mean, is Aaron Rodgers a diva? Yeah, probably, but do I think that he's this insufferable player that's so hard to work with? No, and I kind of think Mike McCarthy is a dunce. Would you have been happy if we fired Ron Rivera and hired Mike McCarthy as our coach? All right, first of all, shout out to Susan Deans. Thank you for supporting the C3 Panthers podcast. Wonderful. Susan Deans is that first, we thank you for it. And second, don't feel obligated to do it because you're a part of the family already. But we do appreciate the support so much. And to those people, uh, I believe James Stone became a a uh, contributor on Patreon. Thank you to you as well. Um, and, but really, the support is this, is us talking about Panthers football together. And so thank you, Susan, but thank you all who are in the in the chat room. Wonderful. Um, when I was thinking about this, though, Cody, when I was thinking about the Aaron Rodgers stuff, is that, first of all, I believe that Aaron Rodgers, and I had believed, is that this is outside. Of, am I saying I want him over Cam Newton? No. But I was ready to say that for a long time, Cam, that Aaron Rodgers was the best quarterback in the league. I was ready. I've been ready to say that he has struggled with injury at times. Yeah. But I ultimately think it comes down to this is that winning is, you know what makes you a jerk or not. And it's the same for Cam Newton or not. It's winning or losing. And the very fact that he has not been that the green Bay Packers have not been winning Overall, whether it be injury, whether it be for their own demise, his jerkism has been exacerbated. So yeah. I just ultimately think this is that we're okay with jerks when we're winning. You know, I know Josh from Mass is also a a, a big fan of the Joe Rogan podcast. I watch the Joe Rogan podcast all the time, and one of the things that that Joe says is that, you know, if you look at Michael Jordan, there are stories that Michael Jordan, if you lost in a ping-pong match, or if he lost in a ping-pong match, he would be pissed off. I mean, the, the dude is crazy about being competitive. And I think the people that are the very best in the world at what they do, they're a little bit crazy about shit like that, man. So it doesn't necessarily bother me when I hear someone like Aaron Rodgers who thinks that, you know, they've underachieved in his time being there and they have a head coach that that limits them. Tom Brady is always yelling at coaches on the sideline. Um, maybe not Belichick, but yelling at, uh, uh, what's his name? The dude that stiffed the, the Colts. I don't know. His name slips my mind right now. But, yeah, this doesn't, this doesn't bother me. This doesn't. Tell me something about Aaron that I didn't already know, and it doesn't make me think of him any different. People making fun of the microphone in the chat room saying it looks like a disco ball. Well, I tell you this, straight out of the seventies. 
Woo! Straight out of the seventies. Woo! Hey, if you don't know it, I might be b- b- uh, pulling up some of those, cutting out some of those. <laughs> Never mind. We're gonna talk about. It. You know what y'all did in the seventies? Oh, disco inferno over here. Yeah, y'all mugs didn't sleep in the seventies. <laughs> y'all didn't sleep, and it won't Ridlin them mugs. Some of that Columbia's finest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is exactly right. If this was the 70s, we'd be getting down like that. Now people in the 2000s just like worry about their health and don't smoke cigarettes. What a boring-ass generation we are. Or they are. I'm actually over 30 days quitting smoking cigarettes. Yes, and I didn't, I didn't smoke a lot, bro. I didn't smoke a ton, but man, it's like crazy hard. So don't do it. Just like don't get a disco ball for your microphone or do that Colombian yo, 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 yeah, yo. I mean, or do whatever. It's your life. Yeah, yeah, you're right. All right. Um, last thing I, I did, I do want to come back. Actually, let's talk about it now and we'll do, then we'll do the cat goals. And there's only one is this, is that, Antonio Brown. I saw a couple people talking junk. Uh, wait, 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 wait. Josh from Masses, thank God, shag carpet and disco. Holy, you know what? We got a shag. We got a shag rug in our living room. It was beautiful. It's ridiculously hard to keep clean. And my mom, who grew up in the seventies, goes, "You need a shag rake." I was like, what the hell is that? They raked their carpets with a rake. That's how they got the shit out. <laughs> Could you imagine having the time to even do that? It's just stupid. It's like this. Is we would never do that today. Is that on top of that, we would be like, you only got like the jujubes out of that bitch. You know how many ticks and fleas and spiders oh, there? Oh, gosh. Dirt, dirt, and dirt. Hell no. Okay. Dude, uh-uh. Josh, I ain't that much older than you. I was born in 1981, brother. All right. So, I wanted to talk about this. I wanted to ask you just all, uh, quickly. What do you think about this Le'Veon, not Le'Veon, Antonio Brown? Antonio Brown talking shit to Juju Smith-Schuster <laughs> on the internet. But what the hell, I think this, is that for a long time, I've kind of tried to be reserved about these greedy-ass players. You know what I'm saying? Like the diva players. Because I'm like, I don't play the game. I don't put my body on the line. If they want to put their money out there, you're playing with Ben Roethlisberger, blah, 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 blah. I didn't want to be too judgmental. But Antonio Brown is now a Raider. He's gotten a raise. He's gotten all this. And he is an amazing player. But he seems a little petty. Talking shit to Juju Smith. Schuster and calling out that he fumbled in his rookie year. All this. What do you think about Antonio Brown? To me, I think he is lost. I think he's losing it, man. I think he's becoming like kind of like a Michael Jackson person where their circumstances have fucked them up so much. Well, let me say this, and I've already kind of said it. 
I am not a fan of Ben Roethlisberger. Right. So when I hear Antonio Brown say, yeah, he's an asshole. He has an ownership mentality. He runs around like, like he owns the place. He was saying, I just won't throw you the damn football. How about that? You know, I, for the most part, I've been on Antonio Brown's side. Right. That's I how I, I felt. I, I didn't want him on Carol, in Carolina because I didn't want to pay him almost Cam Newton. Twenty million, Yeah, $20 million a year. Yeah, but I mean, it's 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 funny how oblivious, how bad he looks. I mean, he's making fun of a, of a player that looked up to him, that reached out to him when he was in college. And I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster comes out looking awesome. Doesn't I mean, he? Trying- he it turns into he's like my man, the T.J. Barnes wearing the Stanley Steamer shirt. Yeah, That's how cool he looks. Awesome kid, man. He has his own YouTube channel. He's fun, making jokes. He's, I mean, he's just an awesome dude. If you don't like Juju Smith-Schuster, there's a problem with you, okay? He's an awesome dude. And Antonio Brown had uh, moved on. He's no longer in Pittsburgh. They paid him all the money in the world to be a wide receiver for Derek Carr, of all people. Okay, good luck with that. Um, Yeah, I just don't know what he... Gets from all this. For uh, me, what for me, what's weird, Cody, is that, like you said, is that I've been you've been on Antonio Brown's side. I feel the same way with Le'Veon too. Like I have not been ready to demonize any of these guys. I also have not been overly negative about Roethlisberger, but have been hearing it right. So I've been hearing those things. And been kind of pro Le'Veon, pro Antonio. But what I would say is that these actions by Antonio Brown discredit the criticism against Ben Roethlisberger a bit. No, not at all. I do believe that. Is that like right now I thought that I had been thinking that Roethlisberger's a jerk. But how is it that you just continue to say Roethlisberger's a jerk when all the other dudes are also jerks? Well, yeah, I'm not saying he's I, not a jerk, but I just don't hate my angst is not at Roethlisberger more now than it was three weeks ago. Here's my deal. If you're the quarterback, you're the de facto leader of the football team. And if everyone's if if everyone in the locker room is assholes, it doesn't mean you're going to pass for you know, being an av- an asshole that's on par with everyone else's level of assholishness. You know, I, you know, I part of my beef with, with Ben is he's always been on talented football teams. He's never had to be the entire offense like Cam Newton has had to do, like Aaron Rodgers has had to do. Uh, he's never had had to do that. He's been in a bunch of trouble off the field, yet people brush that under the rug. Uh, he's just, he is always, even before Antonio Brown, man, he has always thrown players under the bus. Always. He's done it to other receivers before. He's done it to the defense. He's done it to coaches. He's not responsible for who he is as a person. And in my opinion, he's the behavior, kind of But the behavior of Antonio Brown now, and I would even say arguably Le'Veon, 
continues to suggest that even while that may be true, it's not as bad as we thought. I don't see how you derive that. Because because Antonio Brown is a giant dick. He's a fucking nutcase at this point. Talking smack to Juju about a fumble he had, a player he played with, like you said. Is that what I'm saying is this? Is that, okay, Ben Roethlisberger is a jerk. But so the hell is Antonio Brown. I didn't think that two weeks ago. I thought Antonio Brown was disgruntled. Now he is a giant asshole. The fact that you didn't think so, uh, you know, two weeks ago, is kind of my point, though. We've heard shit about Ben Roethlisberger for a long time now. Before this, you never heard anyone come out and say that yes, Antonio Brown yes, we was did. a bad we told, Man, he was live streaming. Oh, boy, we tried to continue to write it off as like it wasn't that big of a deal. I think I, he, I have lost a ton of... I, I, I'm a liberal kind of dude where it's like, I'm going to fight for you to the end, you know, type guy. And right now, I'm just like this, is that I'm glad that Antonio Brown didn't even wear a Panthers jersey, no matter yeah. what the fuck it took to get it. So That's how avoided, I feel. We avoided the circus that is Antonio Brown. I'm not into the diva mentality. I just, you know, I, I'm not. I'm not giving Roethlisberger a pass just because Antonio Brown is a diva. You know that. That's that's all right. I'm saying. But okay. yeah, okay. Antonio Brown is definitely fucked up for acting like a, a jerk. A total to, uh, dickhead. Awesome. He's weirdest. And I'm gonna get lesson learned to the ki- to the kids out there. Is that it all has to come down to when you dye your facial hair blonde. Yeah, your mustache of all things. Cam Newton dyed that little goatee blonde and it all went to shit. Come yeah, on, folks. It is. Don't do it. it. It leads to everything wrong in the world. All right. You're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. Brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com, where every Tuesday night we chop up the latest Panthers news and opinions. But we do this because we're just fans hanging out with you guys, and we truly want to hear what you have to say, what you guys believe. And uh, we do that in the cat calls each and every week. You can call into the show every week, anytime, 24-7. The number is 252-228. 5098 and let your voice be heard that's 252-228-5098 let's jump into these calls Cody so what are your thoughts on catcalling yeah it's pretty you shouldn't do that to somebody and how did that make you feel Uh, very uncomfortable so how do you think catcalling makes the person feel it feels good like Hi guys, it's been a couple of weeks, which in London. Okay, I'll say hat. Uh, 
Yeah, okay. Maybe someone who needs uh, some fuel could take them all and burn them, because I think that's probably what they're best for. Um, it's horrendous. What colour is that? It doesn't even look like a normal colour. And then with the... Oh, just an absolute PR disaster. Oh, the draft uh, hit. Uh, that person yeah. really dismissed. I anyway, them um, yeah, moving on. Oh, draft frenzy. Got mock drafts coming out of our ears. I've done a few. Um, can I just say that there's lots of Panthers fans out there with some truly terrible takes at the moment as well. Um, yes. so I think I'm becoming a draft aficionado. Um, but anyway, yeah, can we get off the Montez sweat in the first round thing? Although I don't think he'll be there for us. There's um, another one. I, I hate to say it, the experts definitely don't think he's quite as good as people seem to think that running fast was. Um, and there's probably better people suited for us. Um, Darnell Savage, safety, that's the name that's floating around, which could get as far as us in the second round. Still all about Jonah Williams and Brian Burns in the first. I don't think Burns is going to make it to us now, though. Um, but it sounds like they're making a really big effort to get personnel in for 3-4. I'll go, you guys would have probably spoken about this tonight. Um, Alan Bailey. Oh, my God. Did you see the pictures I tweeted up? <laughs> the guy's enormous. Um, yeah, but it would be I fantastic. Know. And in that as well, I know Cody's not a huge fan, but um, I think Zach Allen. Boston College first pick of the third round or it may be our second might be quite useful as our edge stroke 3-4, 4-3 player um, yeah, talk about him Cody I know you're not a massive fan but in terms of that versatility um, yeah. also, I don't know, could Cleveland Farrell do it? I don't know but anyway, possibilities opening up all over the place, I mean we just have to sit tight but I've just seen someone trading up to eight to get Montez Sweat, which is the most insane thing I think I've ever seen. Um, yeah. yeah, anyway, no, trade back, get more picks. There's so many in the top 50 that would make us better. Um, so Trading top. back. Um, who knows? Who knows? It would be Very amazing. They were the Alabama guy today, who's been injured a lot, uh, edge rusher. But the name finally escapes me. But, um, yeah, it's looking good. Anyway. Is it between now and then, the Hornets might have done something, so fingers crossed for Charlotte to get the excitement yeah, as well. All right, guys, keep bounding. Cheers. Look at that. What a wonderful call. Thank you, Rich Kingston in the UK. Can't wait to hear his thoughts when it comes to the scheduling challenges that we're going to be addressing that we talked in early in the show. Cody, you heard the, the call there. What are your reactions? So, yeah, uh, he mentioned Zach Allen. Uh, he is the defensive end out of Boston College. You know, uh, we've drafted a pretty good player from Boston College. I don't have to name him. But, um, yeah, Zach Allen is a player that, again, I'm not too high on for, uh, for a guy that weighs 285 pounds. Uh, I wanted him to be more dominant than he was. I don't think that he's a great bender. Um, I, I don't even think that he's that powerful. For a guy that size, um, he did generate a lot of pressures, though, and pressures do mess up the quarterback. So, I mean, yeah, he mentioned the third round. If it's one of our third round picks, yeah, I'm fine with that. I, one I of the, don't mind that at all. Cody, one of the things that stood out to me about that call, we continue to talk about the transition to the 3 4 defense. You know, yeah. when we started hearing these rumors originally, we thought that it was going to be just a kind of what 
what Ron Rivera said is we're just trying to evolve. We're just trying to change, right? Keep up. But then you go and get Bruce Irvin. You look at some of the personnel. You're looking at Don Terry Poe. You're looking at what Vernon Butler may be able to do. You know, I just wonder now and now. I mean, we're. I feel like now, and when you when you give that call there, is that we went from being very suspicious about the change to a three four defense, and now I feel like the the, the coaching staff wants to do that. How how do you, how big of a change? I'm concerned, Cody, that Ron Rivera can't do it. And I don't know if I won't say can't do it, but it's just such a big it's crazy to think. I don't know. I just I just don't see it very often where you go from one defensive scheme to another. Yeah, I mean, so another thing to remember is that in San Diego, uh, Ron Rivera had a pretty good defense and he was the defensive coordinator of a three four defensive front. So right. it's not he's that he's got experience. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we just need to draft players that um that are able to do this um so okay how many weeks do we have until the draft uh it's on the three three so how how many more shows do we have before our draft show you said it's when the 26th all right so today is the ninth the 26th we have two shows left that's it we have two shows left okay so then this is what we'll do and I'll just go ahead and uh, I think we should just say who we'll preview um, next uh, Tuesday because it leads into what I'm going to say and it also pertains to the 3 4 defense. If we're going to draft an edge rusher at um, at 16, the, the best player for us to draft who is versatile enough to do all the things that we want to do is who Panthers got at FSU just mentioned, Brian Burns. And that's another player who is between him and Dillard. If I had to bet my money right now who the Panthers would would draft, it would be those two dudes, Andre Dillard and Brian Burns. Brian Burns can rush the passer. I wrote about him on Draft Tech. If you've been following my Draft Tech, you've already heard me write this, but he has the ability to rush the passer from a, from a wide nine outside linebacker position and from a five technique position right over the the offensive tackle. Uh, I mean, he, ha- he has the ability to do it all. He doesn't have the, the weight on him that you would love to see from a player uh, that plays end, but he has the position versatility enough and the production to warrant the pick at 16. And I feel that us moving to, uh, to having more three to four fronts it, uh, it it makes Burns a lot more favorable to us than almost any other defensive end in the draft. So, uh, yeah, you are right though that the the this three four move is shaping up to uh, really control everything that we do in the draft and how we are going to be in 2019. I'll be interested to see in how this defense commits to it. Because while everybody points to Ron Rivera having experience with it in San Diego going back, is that right now Eric Washington is the defensive coordinator. And that is bizarre, right? Because 
It's like I'm the defense. It's kind of like saying I'm the man of the house, but my mama still helps me. And Ron Rivera being the guy here. Ken D yeah. says this is Ken D says, I think the three, four isn't evolving, but it's an actual change. He's saying it's more like changing our scheme to fit like what we've wound up having. And if they can do that, that would be phenomenal, right? Is that if you could build a defense and a scheme to what you have rather than what you want, the question is, is that, like, can they do it? Because we've seen a coaching staff that's been so reluctant to try young guys, to do things differently. And the idea of what, Cody, what is evolution in Ron Rivera's mind? Cutting the crust off of a PB&J. That's right. You said it, not me. All right, next call. Let's see what we got. What's up, guys? Nice to see you guys back. Doing your thing. I know the draft is like super, super boring, especially it's like to wait on. But as soon as it hits, oh man, it's hype. But I just wanted to know from what your standpoint or from what your views are, do you believe that we should go offensive tackle first and then defensive end? Because this defensive end class is stacked. But there's like everybody saying that we should go offensive tackle, Jonah Williams, defensive end, get somebody lower to your like polite or something. But there's some people that say, no, get defensive end first and then go safety. My real concern with that is just the future of the franchise because we know we just got Eric Reed and defensive ends as well. We just got, uh, I think it was Bruce Irvin. Where do you guys believe the most value holds for us in the longevity of our franchise? The secondary or in a defensive front? Thank you guys. Keep up the good work. You guys are awesome. All right. Thank you. Thank you very much for that call. Cody, I'm going to turn this to you as a longevity question there. And that is, ultimately, when you get down there, who cares what's happened before you, but what could make the largest long-term difference for a guy that's available there? My initial instinct is this. Offensive lineman can be a guy that if you get a guy that you truly believe now I don't know if he can do this at 16 that can be a left tackle tackle you've said this over and over you get a generation you get a decade player I feel like there's so many more question marks when it comes to defensive ends that's been my initial response but at the same time so many locked defensive ends have been I mean, how many lot offensive linemen have been just total busts in the last three or four d- drafts? Yeah, but I mean, I kind of feel you can say that about a lot of different players, about a lot of different positions, yeah, and I feel like people kind of cherry pick. Oh, this position's been overdrafted. Da da da. Look, I'll, I'll present. I'll be the devil's advocate to both sides. So, if you want to talk about longevity, if we have a healthy Cam Newton, then we have the ability to go as far as we want to. I think that it's easier to generate pressure using blitzes and stunts on defense than it is to generate a a competent offensive line that can give your quarterback enough time to deliver the football on third down 
without him having to make magic all the time. So there's that, right? On the other side of that, I feel at, at on day one, the better pass rushers, if they're available at 16, you might want to take them then. Because around the second round, the drop-off from the Tier 1 talent to the Tier 2 talent is a little bit steeper in the defensive ends than it is the offensive tackles. So right now, I can name maybe you know three or four different players uh, at offensive tackle that I would love to have in the second round. Uh, Caleb McGarry out of Washington. Yannick Hadjus out of West Virginia. Uh, these players might be around in the in the second round uh, that I believe would be a day one starter for us. Um, you know, so maybe it does behoove us to take that more dominant um, pass rusher at at sixteen as, as opposed to a uh, a left tackle. I think, well, man, I tell you this is all I can remember is Joey. And, and and Godspeed to Joe getting better. Joe Realano, that freaking Puerto Rican. We love you. We miss you, brother. Um, I remember in 2012 when we picked Luke Keekley in the first round and the Dallas Cowboys traded up to get Morris Claiborne, Maurice Claiborne. And Joe, and Joe was a huge Claiborne fan and I because Joe was subsequently a giant Claiborne fan. And then the Panthers go and draft a damn linebacker with all these giant needs. And we had Thomas Davis. We had, um, at that time, we had um, John Beeson. So who knows what the hell Marty Herney's going to do. But trust... Trust in Marty Herney, folks, is my man has had more good than less. You know what I'm saying? Hey, Joe's in the chat. Look at that. Joe Riolano in the chat. I didn't even know he's here. Joey! Hey, that freaking Puerto Rican. We miss you, brother. I hope you're feeling better soon. But is that I remember being like Joe was like, I want Claiborne. And... Yeah, and Ken D, yes, Claiborne was one that made, it wasn't a three, it was a 16 or something. It was one of the lowest scores in the history of the world in the Wonderlick. Oh, really? Yeah, he was pretty terrible. Yeah, he went but, to Dallas. But no, he was ultimately, Tennessee. I'm just saying this, is that, is that Herney, Herney's pretty good at the draft, A, and B, who knows? Like you could be, we could be singing offensive, defensive lineman. My man, all of a sudden picks DK Metcalf. I mean, yeah. Look, and we, at some point we need to go over that because I mean, I think we're all just resigned to defensive end or offensive tackle. Take your pick. Yeah, <laughs> uh, there's like zero yeah. other. Op- I tell you this: if we pick a damn tight end, I don't believe in picking the tight end in the first round. I just don't believe it. I don't think you should. I'm sorry. Is that we look at some of the guys in the past, and I'm not saying the Panthers do that, but that's the one pick right there I would go. If you had the opportunity, to, if you had the opportunity to draft Gronk in the first round, no, nope. and you didn't do that, no, you wouldn't do it. No, 
Why? Because I think you should be able to get a defensive player or somebody that make more of a difference there. Is that I look at this is what what's that dude for Tampa right now who's awesome? OJ 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 Howard. He's amazing. He's a top ten pick, but at the end of the day, he can only affect the game so much. I just feel like this is that like I I think you need to get a Gronk in the second round. I don't believe. I'm on your side. I'm. I'm. I'm, I'm, re- I'm just gonna be pissed as fuck if we pick. I mean that. How about this? If we pick the tight end at 16, we would all lose our shit. All right. Can I throw you a few names and yeah. you tell me if you yeah. had a cold? Right, tell me. Make sure you tell their position too, because I don't keep up with any of this shit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah, to the degree that you know who they are, uh, Greer Williams, cornerback out of LSU. Yeah, I think that's too high right now. Too high? Yeah. He's the best press man corner in the draft and runs a 4-3-7. That's cool. That's fine. But we don't play a system where corners. I think we're moving to it a little more than okay. we have. Okay. Right, hey, but I'm asking you. That's your question. All right, I'm going to say uh, no just because of the position alone. But, yeah, all right. All right, uh, DK Metcalf. If you knew that Metcalf was going to be a Calvin Johnson type player for the next 10, yes. 15 yes. years. I'll say yes. At 16, yes. Because three years ago, two years ago, one year ago, those guys are going at number eight. If he slips yeah. past the top 10, that's a hard no, right? A hard no? Like I mean, well, I mean, I'm I'm saying it's hard. It's hard to say no. It's hard to say no, right? Like when I mean, you're sitting there at 16 and you've got a guy who could be an offensive tackle or could be a guard or potentially this giant, beautiful motherfucker that can run fast and catch everything. Yeah. Like all of a sudden you go, hey, maybe we can get equivalent player of a Div- Dillard or someone close in the second round. So yeah, I'm gonna say this with Metcalf is that if you believe he's different, forever changing player, if you believe he's more than those forty numbers, I would not lose my shit. I mean. I would lose my shit if we picked a tight end, dude. I don't know. See, you don't know a lot about TJ Hawkinson and Noah Fant. You would pick, you'd be okay with them if we picked them in the first fucking round? But that's, all right, that, that's not because they're tight ends, though. No, it's just tell me this. If you picked either one of those guys in the first round, would you be like... All right, let's go back to this. To the first Panthers, uh, the C3 Panthers live draft party. The first one we ever did was Kelvin Benjamin was drafted at 25, I believe. Sorry, I just threw up in my mouth a little bit. No, I fucking lost it, dude. In a bad way. I was so pissed. First of all, I was hammered drunk at this point because it was like 27 picks or whatever. It was so late. But I drank a ton of beer, but I was super upset that we picked... Kelvin Benjamin 
And it had nothing to do with what I thought Kelvin, Kelvin Benjamin was. But I thought Kelvin Benjamin would have been there in the second round. I also thought this is that we should have gotten Bradley Roby at that point. That was the guy that I wanted. I went berserko saying we should not have gotten Kelvin Benjamin. He goes on to have a thousand yards receiving. And so many people sent me messages, Cody, saying, Oh, what do you guys say about that now? What do you guys say about that now? Ultimately, though, is that's how I would feel if the Panthers picked. I don't care who they picked at tight end. They would have to be the most transcendent tight end in the history of football for me to be okay with it. I guarantee you this. TJ Hawkinson and Noah Fant are both going to be better uh, players than Bionic Whoopi Goldberg ever was. Okay, but compare. I mean, that might be fun because I think that was bad. He should have been a second round pick. I mean, I would be upset too, but that's only because we have other positions of need that are more important. And we're talking defensive line, offensive line. If you passed on one of the guys that we have previewed to get one of those tight ends, wouldn't you fucking go crazy? I would be upset. Okay, so let's end that conversation. (laughs) <laughs> there I'm would just saying, be, there might be good no. players, though. Okay. All right. I think we got one more cat call. One more cat call. Here it goes. All right. Hey, gang. I just wanted to let y'all know, you play to win the game. Was that a Bernie Sanders impersonation? No, it wasn't Bernie Sanders. It was uh, the guy that coaches the Arizona. Now it is. It's it's a former coach of the New York Jets. Oh, um, <laughs> what's his name? It's not. Uh, Herm Edwards. Herm Edwards. You play to win the game. He also doesn't know that he coaches the Arizona Sun Devils. And he had yeah, and he yeah, doesn't yeah. like devils. He's like, don't talk about devils around me. Yeah, I don't like yeah. what a team to go to. All right, that's the seat. Look, we've done it all. I think we've talked about everything. We've got one last thing to do, and that is to um, ice some mugs up. All right, you're listening to the C3 Panthers podcast. It's brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com every Tuesday night. This big old disco ball sack in front of my face, as Josh Mass says. <laughs> right? We're here chopping it up to you each and every week. This week, we're going to... Actually, every week, we ice some mugs up. And what we do in the ice up segment is tell somebody to ice up. It's our homage to Steve Smith. Toughen up to get it together. Get your shit right. Everybody is fair game. So let's jump into this right now. I'm going to let Cody go first. Go ahead, son. I got your pickup. You're ready. All right, man. So this was a story. And I know that Lynn knows about this, too. Uh, I saw her commenting on this. And uh, so Tori Smith. Who, again, uh, Tony and I have had disagreements with. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah. think 
I don't believe that it's worth the uh, the the five million dollars. And I do. Okay, so but <laughs> you know, this I defend my eyes up, big bitch. Get the fuck out of here. I defend <laughs> people when they deserve to be defended. And TMZ is trying to make Tori Smith out to be like one of these assholes that goes to Africa and poses uh, lions and giraffes and shit uh, completely without context. And even Tori Smith uh, took onus with this on Twitter. Now, for those of you who don't know, if you're a farmer, wild hogs are like the plague. A menace. They will ruin your farm. They will murder your animals. They'll eat your animals. And, and they, they run wild. I mean, they have sex all the time. They're overpopulating. Uh, I mean, they, they, they generally are a menace. So a lot of these people go and they hunt the they hunt the the wild hogs and Tory Smith even uh, you know he he uh, made a bunch of uh, food for his family and friends it looked delicious right but everyone wanted to call they him undelicious because they're terrible all right but go ahead uh, I I bet you they taste pretty damn good um, but gamey. Hey man, don't knock it till you try it. You ever had deer meat? I have. You gotta cook it right. You gotta age it. But uh, go ahead. Sorry, I should not have interrupted your cat. <laughs> but your, yeah, to, to everyone that was pissed off at this, and and even TMZ for kind of posting this without the context. Oh, Tory Smith poses with dead hogs. Um, I mean, it was an absolute problem that Tory Smith was helping to solve. So <laughs> he's helping to solve this business. Yeah, Man. and a lot of people do. So for TMZ to try and throw my man under the bus for doing the right thing and paint him as some kind of poacher or something, I suck, man. That's bullshit. Know your facts. I was thinking you're gonna ice him up for taking a knee. <laughs> hey, 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 he's in a knee there. God oh, damn, you can't God, you can't God. give him a break. I'm a, I, I like this. I came back and he said, I'm from the country, Muggs. We hunt. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, yeah. you're damn right. We're from the country, too. We're from North Carolina. That's where I'm from. All right, my set pick goes to this. Is there have been a ton of people in the running? There's so much to ice up in the world. I mean, I could ice up my own children tonight as I like to do. But I'm icing up this. Whoever in the world decided to and also it's like the best and the worst of the internet at one time. They have photoshopped Donald Trump's face onto Queen Elizabeth. (laughs) And they've done a good job. (laughs) so it's really it truly is like it doesn't look photoshopped a lot it is Donald Trump's face Uh, all Queen Elizabeth pictures going back to black and white pictures it's amazing so to you the internet I say ice up to toughen up but to keep up and not that I'm trying to say make fun of Donald Trump and this person, but the internet remains undefeated. 
undefeated. As, as one person told me, the internet remains undefeated. Funny. I've got so many things in my life that I want to be mad about, but this one just made me giggle. <laughs> Ice up. All right. My name's Tony Dunn. This is the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. You can be a part of the show. I, I want to, you know what? I want to ice up too, Ken D. This jerk ass playing uh, words with friends with me. And he's like dropping 50 some point words. And he puts like this, X-I-S. First of all, you asshole, that's barely, <laughs> that's, that's barely a word. It's a Greek. I looked it up. It's a Greek letter. Jerk. 57 points or some shit like that for a fake word that you can't build off of. He continues to do it over and over. So to you, you get an extra item. But all right. My name's Tony Dunn. It's the C3 Panthers podcast brought to you by CarolinaCatChronicles.com. You can be a part of the show by calling in anytime, 24-7 into the Cat Calls line and leaving a message. The number is 252-228-5098. Cody, how can they find you on Twitter? They can find me on Twitter at Cody Lax, C O D Y L A C. There is a brand new mock draft on drafttech.com. First and second round comments to, uh, coming out tomorrow. And uh, Tony, if you don't mind, I kind of want to start to hype this up a little bit early, man. Draft night is going to be True lit. That. Please. I, I am so excited. And I want to let all of you know, man. Uh, Legacy, Underground West, all of you. I want us all to hang out on draft night. Now, I don't know if we're going to be able to do Shindig. Um, it, it might be better to do hangouts if we're going to have more than four people on um, at a time. But um, if if you're interested and want to come and hang out with us on draft night during our live show uh, and, and you want to be in there with us, uh, message me and Tony and let us know and we will be sure to send you the link to the hangout or whatever we end up doing. We want to have a party on draft night, hang out with all the C3 family. We know that uh, we, you know we love you all. You make the show run and um, I will be ecstatic on draft night. I'm looking forward to it. And uh, I hope you all join us, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, we're done tonight. Josh from Mask, rushing at the end. Hashtag fake words. And uh, second, <laughs> um, Josh, you're not going to be the only one who's drunk as hell on draft night. That's what I do every year. I drink beer the whole time. So by pick 28, I'm blacked out. All right, it's the C3 Panthers podcast. We'll check you out next Tuesday night. And keep Pound in. Peace. All right. I pressed. It's over, son. It's over. We can't stop talking even when there's nothing to talk about. I can't stop talking. Actually, I should say I can't stop talking. Hey, man, I can't stop talking either, man. That's how it is. It's a it's a hangout, man. We're all just fucking chilling, talking about uh, Panthers bullshit. Uh, they love it, man. They love it.
I had so much fun with you hanging out, brother. You're my best. Like, dude, you're amazing. Thank you so much for doing this with me, man. Dude, I love doing it, man. I love doing this. I look forward to Tuesday nights, man. I, love I know this. it's weird to ask, but did you get that money I sent you on PayPal ever? Yeah, I did. Okay. All right, cool. I, got, All right, cool. I, I appreciate it, man. You don't no, have to no. do that. No, it's just like, I mean... This is it. Is that that's all there is? <laughs> it's just whatever Susan gives us, right? Yeah. <laughs> all right, dude. All right. Thanks a ton for your insight and keep it up. And let me know if you need help with anything, dude. Yeah, man. Um, no, but uh, uh but I was saying at the end there, like I want to, I want to do it big on draft night, man. I well, what we need to do is what I've learned from draft night is this: the best thing to do. We've done it, you know, this might be our sixth or seventh time doing it, is to keep people cycling. So what we really need to do is this, is start lining up guests for, and what we got to do is just this, is we, we, is that we've got a couple of guests we've had in the past that I can count on, I think, like, but right after, what we need to do is basically have you and me and two other people like and cycle people because if it gets more than six it's like too much to handle so let's do this is let's target some people let's target two people in the first 10 picks two people in the second and picks 11 through 18 like uh years past where we have maybe someone uh, like an analyst for uh, one of the teams or whatever. Let's always do that, and then we'll bring in fans too. So what we basically do is you and I are guaranteed we'll try to bring in an analyst forever that team. It could be just a podcaster. And then the fourth and the fifth people be fans and cycle. So – do you think hangouts would be better instead of uh shindig because i feel hangouts with the limit of four i feel hangouts promotes more people and more of a camaraderie type thing whereas if if me and you were drinking and chilling or whatever you know people raising their hands and having to micromanage who's in the chat who's well, I think I think this. I think you're right about this about hangouts. Is you know what the one thing that Shindig is great about is about playing video and shit. But we're not gonna have a ton of that. Yeah, I mean we're all just chilling. Like we're not really even preparing shit like a normal show. So what we'll do is we'll do a hangouts and I'll through it. I'll do it through um, OBS. Okay. Like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what uh, we need to do is this, is figure out what teams... We need two teams in the top ten. Well, Harrison, the dude that you and I interviewed for Tampa, they're at five, so that's try and get him for the top ten. All right. I can always get a uh, San Francisco guy. Peter Panacee always comes on. Oh, well, then let's do him. They have the second pick. So, so let's we'll do him... Pick. Then we'll do um, so. This is why don't you do me a favor? Yeah, is, I'll do it. Is start a document that outlines what we want to do that night. All right. Yeah, perfect, man. I'm done with that. And then outline basically. Let's just dra- grab this. 
is we want to try to get two guests per 10 picks at the minimum. Okay. So picks one through nine, we get two guests. Picks 10 through 19, we get two guests. Picks 20 through whatever, we get two guests. And, and then we can get more than that. We can get more than that, but let's start with that number. All right. Yeah, that's fine with me, man. And, um, so just make a draft of of who you think would be good timing teams, and then we'll make the rest happen. Okay. Uh, two more things, and I'll let you go. Uh, we reaching out to Mel, or is that kind of up in the air? Or? Well, I'll let Joe do that. I'm not reaching out to Mel. All right. And the reason I'm saying this is I'm not adverse to having him on the show, but I I got a little salty feelings in this. Is that like you can't even say fucking hello? Yeah, that, but we don't we don't have to. No, I, I mean, mean, but I'll let Joe. I mean, I'm not gonna be upset about it, but no, is I'm not. Well, and then also being realistic that people in the chat be like, oh, Mel, where you been? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah no. I say my there. vote is no. My vote is no. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm All fine right. with that. And um, the the last thing is um, at, at a certain point after the Panthers pick, I might go silent for like a few minutes. Yeah, because you got to like, write. Yeah, Warren at Draft Tech is telling me that uh, at, uh, within 30 minutes of the pick, I have to have something prepared but That's what i'm cool. gonna, but what I'm cool. gonna do is uh, i'm just gonna write up a bunch of potential picks beforehand and just fucking copy paste my well, shit we'll, and- we'll have a ton too so like is that if you can if you pound it out by the time you're back you know we'll be good so you you know what you do what you gotta do brother and we got it yeah but i'm gonna write up some some shit anyway okay to, to prepared, so all right yeah, brother. All right, man. That's it, dude. All right, man. Dude, thank you so much, dude. You're the man. Yeah, man. No problem. I'm here for here whenever, man. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. Come up. Hear about this. This is the other thing I want you to do. Is bring your talents and your thoughts to like, let's, how do we expand the podcast? And that is, how do we do some small things? I think what would be great is interviews, short 15 minute interviews about a subject with a person you and I like where we just pre-recorded it and we put what I would like to do is this ultimately is what I'm saying but I cannot just come up with all the ideas by myself because I'm getting burned yeah, sure. I'm always burned out with just life and all this but is that I would love as we get closer to the season or in the season to have our hour long two hour seven hour podcast whatever we have but if we could drop a 15 minute interview with someone together or something like that think about what can we do to build off of what we already got so you just think about that on your own and dude I'm so close to the stadium man so look I always make this joke I have a built in cripple pass and good shit because I'm in a wheelchair that other people wouldn't get. Dude, I'm so close to the stadium. I'm willing to bet that I could like go and say, hey man, I have a, a podcast or whatever. I'm trying to see if there's someone that I could interview or whatever. And they'll just fucking have sympathy for me. Be like, oh, okay, well, let me see who I can talk to. Well, we, we, we can get you press credentials that way. 
Yeah, I'm, shit, I'm let, let's think about this. Let's start thinking about what are some things if you were a listener to this podcast yeah, yeah, yeah. that could add to your experience other than just duplicating the podcast. You know what I'm saying? Like, is like, could we do a 15 minute preview show of teams coming up that week? Could we do, you know what I'm saying? Like, something. Yeah. Whatever, just here. This I just want you to continue. Look, you've brought so much to the show. Just continue to bring it. I'm open to hearing what you think would be a good direction. That's all I'm saying. Awesome, man, without a doubt. Um, and I'll, I'll jump on Brian Burns a lot sooner. We'll, we'll do Brian Burns next, next. week. All right, yeah. let's do it. And he was is he FSU? Yeah, Florida State defensive end. All right, let's find a. We'll find a guest too. All right, cool, man. All right, man. Great night, dude. Great show. Thank you very much. Yep. Peace, brother. Have a good night. Later. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.